Hello listener, it's the host of Campbell's Football's Grant Campbell here, with a message to every one of you listening to this podcast. Please keep safe during this very stressful time with the outbreak of coronavirus affecting not just football, but our everyday lives. Make sure your friends and family are safe during this very stressful time for many of us, not just physically, but mentally too. But Campbell's Footballs will still be producing podcasts. However, there will be very few predictions because obviously there's not much football going on at the moment. I have a few in-conversation specials though, which I'm sure you would love to listen to. But at the end of the day, please make sure that you look after yourselves. Take the time to listen to the show in your own home, with friends and family. And remember that we are all in this together. So take care, be safe, and I'll see you soon. So it's time for yet another episode of Campbell's Footballs. I'm joined for this episode uh, by the chairman of Larne Football Club in Northern Ireland, Gareth Clements. Gareth, a massive welcome to the show. Good afternoon. Thank you very much. It's really good pleasure to have you uh, on the programme, um, Gareth. Um, first of all, how are you coping with the coronavirus shutdown at the moment? It's tough. Uh, it's tough for everybody, you know, whether it be in a work scenario or whether it be in the football. You know, uh, we're we're missing it badly. Uh, the, players, the players are keeping themselves ticking over, so they are. And I've spoken to them all. Sort last Sunday, I think, was the last I spoke to them all. And oh, everybody in good spirits. They're they're keeping healthy. They're keeping well. Their families are well, but they're missing badly that uh, dressing room environment. And they're just counting down days and weeks, hopefully to. Do they try and get back to some sort of normality? Yeah. Uh, for myself, you know, obviously uh, having a full-time job as well as the football. Normally, my my time at home and my downtime's pretty light. Uh, it's very very hard to cope uh, in the present scenario. You know, yeah. when you're just sitting sitting sort of in the house all day every day when you're not used to it. Yeah, it really is unprecedented times at the moment. But I think at the, at the same time, as much as we love football, you know, everybody's health and well-being comes first. A really strange and unusual time like this, and we wish everyone well. Gareth, your story is a really interesting one. I'm looking forward to learning a little bit more about it throughout this podcast. But my first question I always ask is what made you want to get into football in the first place? Football really has always been my first love uh, from growing up as a child. You know, football was the thing that uh, that got me going as such. You know, uh, always followed, uh, played schoolboy football, and I always followed, played at Inver Park at Larne. You know, in schools cup finals, uh, followed the the club and uh, from a very young age. First game I went to was in 
was, you know, was working in Porush, she was working in Bangor, was working in Lisbon, and and um, time to develop or to devote to football was was pretty non-existent. So until a career change in two thousand and six, uh, that's when. Uh, I got involved again, you know, my passion for, for the game was reinvigorated as such. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, did you have any inspiring figures, um, both either within your own family or just footballers that would have interest to you following the sport? Yeah, growing, growing up in Larne, uh, Jim Hagen uh, would have been one of my early heroes. Uh, Jim played for Larne in the 70s and transferred across to Coventry City in 78 and then went on to, he went out on loan and went and played uh, at that time Jimmy Hill. Uh, was the owner of Coventry City yeah. and he had a, an interest in Detroit Express in America and Jim went out and played uh, in America so he did uh, for a season with Detroit Express with an awful lot of the uh, Coventry City reserve team time, team at that stage a very young Mark Haight Barry Bannister uh, David Bradford was there uh, good good players that were out sort of gathering experience and years later then Alan Brazil and Trevor Francis also went out and played in Detroit so Jim would have been my first hero sort of growing up yeah. and then after Coventry went to Birmingham and then went on and had a very successful career in Spain with Celta uh, Vigo mm-hmm. uh, and uh, as best foreign player in Spain ahead of uh, Guy Lineker and Hugo Sanchez one season uh, and Jim from being an early hero of mine ended up being best man when myself and Karen get married oh, brilliant. four years ago so he would have been my first he lived at the bottom of the street where I grew up and uh, that would have been the first sort of hero I would have had locally. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, your career, um, obviously, moving in with Larn is an interesting one, but you also do other work as well. You kind of mentioned that earlier on. You say that you're working the food business. Yeah, I was a I was a chef for for twenty years, and then. Uh, 14 years ago uh, I came out of it I was approached and asked would I go into the sales end of, of, of the business so I was a sales director of Breaks a big sort of English company uh, moved into Ireland so they did and I was sales director with them for 11 years and then for the last two and a half years I've been national head of sales with a food service company in Ireland Linus Food Service mm-hmm. uh, it's the largest family owned and run food service company on Island, and they've recently, over the last sort of 24 months, they've broken into Scotland now as well. So mm-hmm. we're running out of Bells Hill in Scotland, so <laughs> doing the main thoroughfare sort of between uh, Glasgow and Edinburgh currently. Yeah, with uh, big growth plans for there also. So you'll be very busy at the moment with that side of things, obviously with no football on the go. But this will of course take precedence with COVID-19 on the go. Yeah, well, the majority of us have been furloughed uh, oh, right. at this time, still we have, because, you know, the, the, the hospitality sector has been one of, of the, the hardest hit, mm-hmm. you know, with, with the restaurants, bars, hotels, everything's uh, sort of on lockdown, so of course. our business, uh, we have some factory outlets, uh, which are very, very busy at the minute. But uh, uh, like eighty-eight percent of our business is is gone at the minute. You know, uh, with with the, with the, the lockdown. Yeah. 
So it's it's tough times, you know, uh, both at work and at play as such. But, uh, you know, we just look forward to the day that we can come out of this. And as I've said in a previous interview, that, you know, the job always has its challenges and has the football. But, you know, uh, steering away out of the uncharted waters that are COVID-19 is probably going to be the biggest challenge of my career. Yeah, absolutely. uh, You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It really is unprecedented times, as I mentioned right at the beginning of this podcast. Um, your involvement with Larne, um, how did that come about? Because, you know, becoming the chairman as you are now, you know, there must have been a, 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 a way in. How did it start out? Well, as I say, I was, a, I was an avid supporter growing up, and then I had been away from 1991. I had followed on from afar. Uh, my brother still lived in the town, and uh, home and away, so he did when he could. Uh, and, and I were at work, the, the local paper, the Lauren Times, I always had it uh, on order, whatever town I worked in, and people looked at me strange when I was in, and I was ordering the Lauren Times to be delivered every Thursday, but it was my way of keeping involved and keeping sort of in touch with what was going on mm-hmm. uh, but as I say I changed a career in 2006 seeing me get involved with my son's uh, local club uh, Hillsborough Boys uh, Junior Football Club here just out in Lisburn in Northern Ireland uh, and I was at that there 2006 until 2010 Yeah, uh, I was helping I was coaching I was volunteering and I was on the committee and then at that time I lived in Dromore and my next door neighbour was a guy called Pete Beatty who was uh, he, had, but he was captain of Glentoran and uh, he had just been made assistant manager under Scott Young, a Scottish fellow. Yes, fella. yes. Young played for the Rangers. That's uh, right. His brother Scott. Mm-hmm. Scotty got the manager's job and Pete went in as his number two and the two of them asked me with my catering background would I be prepared to go in and help them sort of... Uh, uh, professionalise the, the setup, what they were doing and how they were preparing players for games, how they were fueling them, how they were hydrating them before games, during games and after games and would I get involved and do that and uh, i done that there uh, and really enjoyed it uh, under uh, four or five different managers. Yeah. Uh, until 2017 and I got a phone call out of the blue one Saturday morning from Kenny Bruce who had been an old friend from school Uh, and he said that he had been approached to put a few pounds in to try and save Lauren Football Club Mm -hmm. and he asked me what I went and headed up for him uh, as at that time he was living between Southampton and LA uh, with his work Mm -hmm. uh, and he needed somebody that he knew and trusted uh, to sort of lead lead the project for him Mm. and you know I went and met him uh, and he showed me the vision uh, the plan and it was more about as much about reinvigorating a football club it was about re-energising and rejuvenating a town that was very very close to our hearts and when he sold it to me that was it there was there was no uh, there was no saying no to him and that's two two and a half years ago now nearly and yeah. uh yeah well, we've come a long way in a, in a short space of time but yeah. you know we've still so so much more to do and uh, yeah, really, really enjoyable. Yeah, talk to us a little bit about Kenny Bruce because he seems to be almost like a, a, a saviour in a way to, to learn and, you know, the, the amount of money he's put into the club and the progression that you guys have made certainly in the last 12 to 18 months has been absolutely extraordinary. Yeah. Listen, Kenny, Kenny's a very infectious character. Uh, 
and you know when he sold me the vision you know it was it just blew me away you know it went from the the phone call uh initial phone call was that he was going to throw a quid in to save the club uh to when i met him a week later it was it was a five million pound investment and more going to bring european football and it was going to be that, that and the other and you know everything that we've and to do over the last uh, 18, 24 months uh, along the journey, we, we have hit our, our targets wow. and we've exceeded, exceeded them in some ways. Uh, but no, Kenny, Kenny uh, anything Kenny gets involved in, it's 100% uh, you know, commitment. He wears his heart on his sleeve. You know, through this uh, COVID crisis, you know, we've had conference calls with uh, once or twice a week, myself and the general manager. We've had a board meetings where he's, he's dialed into and uh, into. So, no, no, he's very, very much driving. He's the driving force, you know, and the inspiration, you know, and we're all just actioning it on the ground. So, we're uh, it's, it's, it's working very, very well, so it is at the minute. Yeah, absolutely. It really is fantastic. Uh, your role within Larn, uh, give us a flavour of what it's like, the, the, your roles on a daily basis or a weekly basis. Give us a flavour of what you do. Well, the, the main role is really as a figurehead of the club, uh, you know, leading from the front. Uh, trying to do the two jobs uh, with my own role on that it, it was tough but uh, at the outset we brought in a guy called Gavin Clements who's no relation who was fantastic he had great vision and uh, fantastic energy so he had and Gavin helped me along the lines for the first year or so uh, Gavin then left and Niall Kernane came in had been heading up our academy but Niall came in as general manager of the club on a full-time basis and basically Niall's my conduit uh, and without him as such really I, I couldn't do the, the dual role as such uh, and, uh, and do them both successfully. Mm-hmm. Niall and I talk on a daily basis, we talk early morning when I'm travelling, we talk late at night and maybe two or three times during the day depending on what projects or what we have live at that time. Uh, the, the guys we have on the board and the volunteers we have are second to none, you know everybody sort of has a role within the board. So whether it's Archie Smith, the secretary, who knows legislation, whatever, inside out, uh, to Ian Cahoon in the media side, Andy Scullion Legal, Andy McNichol Ground Safety Development. Everybody has a role and everybody excels at it, uh, as long as we're leading them in the right direction and and giving them the right steer. You know, everybody goes and carries out their roles to the best of their abilities and it's it's taken us to where we need to be at the minute. Really, my role, it's a figurehead, it's leading, it's uh, driving through the vision, uh, it's engaging with the, the supporters, it's engaging with the community, it's engaging with the business community. Yeah. Uh, uh, basically, whatever, I'm at the heart of making everything tick as such. Yeah, yeah. It seems like a really infectious enthusiasm at, at Larn, and, and it really is fantastic what's happening. Um, obviously, your dual uh, roles that you have, how, how tough is it to keep things going and, and keep the positive? Positivity going because you must have some challenges throughout it as well. Listen, there's challenges, but you know the the positivity that you've talked about there. Uh, you know, as I say, Kenny's an infectious character. Anybody who knows me 
with no arms, a, a very vivacious sort of character as well. You know, we get people on board and we bring them on the journey with us. Nobody's yeah. coming kicking and screaming. The amount of offers we have for help, the amount of offers we have for volunteer. Uh, you know, uh, we've went to the business community. We've went uh, out. You know, for sponsorship, everything we've done, anything we've asked for. You know, the 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 town has been there for us. The town behind everything we're trying to do because they see the economic benefits that a, a vibrant Larn football club is, is helping, you know, the economy of the town. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the, the time constraints can be tough, but, you know, when you see the smile, as I say, I've always said, the smiles on, on, on faces on a Saturday afternoon is, is all the payback I'll ever need. You know, you see, you know, there was small crowds, there's a famous number of 59 was bandied about that was at a game. Uh, going back a couple of seasons ago to now, with upwards of 2,000 at games. Brilliant. You know, to see four generations of families sitting in a stand on a Saturday and looking forward to it every week it's it's just just fantastic and it's that energy and that buzz that just keeps everything going and it's bringing we're all we're all really we've been riding the crest of a wave here probably mm-hmm. for the last 18 months yeah uh, but we're going to continue to do that you know because everything's going to continue to grow and everything's going to continue to freshen so uh we, we've no no reason to see to see this journey ending you know we're in it for the long haul we'll we'll do what we said we would do you know kenny's vision was to leave a legacy for his family, for his mother and his grandparents mm-hmm. in Larne. Yeah. Uh, that's all the payback Kenny wanted out of this, to leave uh, a football club and leave an academy uh, You know that the club, can, the club and the town can be proud of. Yeah. And that's what we're working to do. That's what we're aspiring towards. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic stuff that you guys are doing at Larne. I was just having a look at the league table here before the coronavirus shutdown came into play. You were in the top six, 56 points. I mean, was it what you expected to achieve, or was it? Did it achieve uh, go above expectations? No, listen. The, the the last part of the journey was going to be the exciting, and you know <laughs> we, were, we were into the top six. We qualified the top six. We had two games to play before the split. We were uh, away to Linfield, and we were due to be away to, uh, due to be at home to Coleraine before the split. Yeah, and then, then we had five games. You know, you could have thrown a blanket uh, around the. Uh, Sixth place to uh, second place. Yeah, nine points between Lauren and Coleraine when it stopped. Yep, yep. We uh, we weren't going to win the league, mm-hmm. but we were definitely going to have a say, uh, and hopefully could still have a say. Yeah. Uh, if we get going again, as yeah. to where it goes. Yeah. Uh, we had got our, our victory, got the monkey off the back as such. We had beat Glentoran and we had beat Linfield back to back. Yeah, two crack, uh, two cracking results. Our, our games against the the top five. That mm-hmm. was the games that we hadn't been winning. Yeah. We had done that, and you know, listen, the the, the last two or three months of the season were going to be a phenomenal journey uh, yeah. yes we knew coming in this season there was going to be bumps in the road uh, and we had did have a couple of speed bumps but uh, we, we were in no way ever derailed we knew where we were at we, we have great faith in the management team uh, led by Tiernan and the coaches uh, the brand of football we were playing second to none uh, and I think any, any football writer or, or any football person worth a salt in Northern Ireland has has uh, doffed their hat to, hat yeah. 
yeah. over the course of the season uh, but uh, there was players that hadn't played at that level before and we knew it was going to take a couple of months for them to find their feet and yeah. get to the tempo and get to the rhythm of the game and once we got there you know uh, we've proved that we were a match for any and uh no, listen, we're, we're looking forward to hopefully trying to get this season finished. Yeah. But if not, uh, we're, we're using the time, the downtime here uh, to the best of our, our ability. Yeah. You know, training the, the coaches are planning, you know, for what happens if we get back to playing this season. Scenario B is if we don't get back to playing and we have to start from next season. Yeah. And we're doing that off the field as well. We're planning for what the two scenarios are. Absolutely. And uh, whenever the call comes, we'll be ready for either. And we hopefully hit the, hit the ground running. Yeah, I was just having a look at some of the results that certainly uh, jump off the page. You mentioned the back to back victories against Glen Torrin and Linfield 2 1 and 3 1, respectively. Uh, beating Carrick 4 0, winning at Balomina 3 2. It was a, cr a cracking result. Um, you had a, a 6-0 thrashing of Glenavon uh, early in the season, which is just astonishing because Glenavon I've always seen as a as side always battling for Europe and uh, to absolutely smash them 6-0 at home was quite astounding. And then, of course, your season got off to a tremendous start. The first game of the season, you beat Warren Point 6-0 at home. And, you know, first game of the season for any club, you want to get off to a great start. Well, what a way to set the ground running. Yeah, you know, that was really the carry-on from, you know, the end of last season, you know, winning the league championship, beating Portadown and, and then following mm -hmm. Uh The trophy presentation, you know, and everything that went on in pre-season, you know, with the build-up. And again, our social, I can't thank our social media team enough. I think they've been outstanding. Uh, for the two, three seasons that we've been in and through this coronavirus, you know, they've been bringing Learn Football Club into the supporters' houses every day with yeah. bits and pieces. And, uh, but the way they built the season up, you know, to start it and then it just hit again with the crescendo of the opening game against Warren Point, you know, at home. Big victory, you know, it just it was fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about Tiernan Lynch, the manager, because he's another guy that has bounds of enthusiasm and certainly a guy that's going places, surely. Yeah, certainly, you know, and that could be our problem, you know, uh, down further down the line, if, if we continue to keep doing what we're doing, you know, uh, somebody somewhere will have a look at Tiernan. Uh, fantastic young coach, as you say, boundless energy, uh, a real vision of how he wants to see the game being played uh, and doesn't deviate from that, you know uh, he has plan A, plan B, plan C but mm -hmm. uh, bottom line he wants to play football and he wants to play it, play it the right way uh, and you know, you just can't we, we just can't thank him enough, you know. Tiernan came in uh, before us, uh, and basically so his vision of he wanted to play the game to Kenny, and you know, obviously he's done everything he said he would do. Yeah. Uh, but. Oh, he he has he has ambitions as well. You know, Tiernan wants to win leagues. Tiernan wants to win cups. Hopefully, uh, uh, we can give him the tools uh, to do it at Larne. Yeah. But uh, you know, without doubt, one of the one of the outstanding coaches, uh, young coaches, and on the island of Ireland. Yeah, definitely, he's been an absolute revelation to the league. In fact, Larne have, have just been an absolute breath of fresh air for the league. Absolutely. Um, a lot of the people who listen to Campbell's footballs, um, Gareth, are from Scotland and from not from the. Northern Ireland. So, can you explain to them some of the players that play for Larne and people they could maybe look out for and follow their progress? 
Yeah, well, uh, if you look in goals, Conor Delton, uh, who won eight titles back-to-back with Cliftonville, he had been at Manchester United and played regularly for the Manchester United reserve team. Uh, Connor Mitchell is vying for number one spot with Connor. Uh, Connor with Burnley for seven seasons and uh, was up at St Johnston. Yes, Tommy Wright I remember that. That's right. And come back home. So we're we've got two very very top top drawer goalkeepers vying, uh, you know, pushing each other on for the number one jersey. Yeah. Uh, all season. Uh, Thomas Bosgrove, uh, right wing back, has been phenomenal again. Keep from Cliftonville, the partnership that he has, basically, you know, it's like telepathic. Well, with Marty Donnelly, mm-hmm. uh, Marty, uh, you know, plays up top, uh, middle of the park, uh, number ten role. Uh, Marty's been about the game for a long time. Sheffield United came back home. Crusaders won league, won Irish Cup. Cliftonville won leagues. Uh, has been a, a revelation for us and the, the relationship that him and uh, Tomas have is unbelievable uh, Jeff Hughes in the middle of the park come back after uh, you know a career with uh, started off at Larne and then went to he was at Lincoln and then he went to Crystal Palace Notts County Tremere uh, at a fantastic career in England um, his last game in England was at Wembley he won promotion uh, back to the football league with Tranmere oh, uh, right. came mm-hmm. back home and signed for Larne yeah. uh, could have stayed on in England and could have went to anywhere else in Northern Ireland but uh, he said that it would only mean anything to him winning anything would be uh, looking into the crowd his hometown fans that's what he wanted to do so Jeff's come back and been a revelation big Albert Watson at the back uh been there, done up with Linfield, uh, FC Edmonton, uh, KR Reykjavik, uh, Davy McDade up top was uh, in England with York City, uh, came back, went to Waterford, Derry City, uh, decorated footballer. Yeah, listen, we've got we've got uh, stars throughout the team, but uh, the one thing we have is a real a real team ethic mm-hmm. and a real work work ethic. You know, the boys work for each other. There's no real prima donnas. Uh, they run it together, and you know, they they win as a team, they lose as a team. You know, yeah. and, and that's that's built in from from the management. I'm going to add a little nugget in here because I'm a big football manager fan, and and I'm playing a season as Aberdeen at the moment, and one of the players I've been actually sourcing is Fuad Sue who is uh, your yeah. number seven defensive midfield player. I think he's an absolutely brilliant player and I've been telling a lot of people in Scotland you must look at this guy because he's absolutely sensational. I mean, <laughs> it's just random things like that and I, I just think that the, the mix of these players in the team, you know, they've had experiences of being in English League and, and, and other places in, in Ireland and, and some further afield. How useful is that to learn now and obviously developing going forward as well, that experience? Oh, it's phenomenal, you know, the experience that these guys have. You know, we've got a lot of young boys in the team as well who, you know, that this is a, their big break and uh, first time playing Premier League football and helping them settle in, you know, if you're looking to your side and you've got Fudzer or you're looking to your side and you've got Jeff Hughes or your Harry Flowers who's young mm-hmm. uh, and you're, you're looking at Albert Watson beside him, you know, who, who's been there, done it, you know, wore the T-shirt down the years. But you say Fudger Fuad uh, since he came in has been an absolute revelation he, uh, he had won the player of the year uh, for Bohemians in Southern Ireland 
uh, a few seasons ago and got a transfer to Barnet. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to Barnet and wasn't playing a lot of football and Tiernan got him across and he played uh, on loan the season in the championship and got us promoted and then we're glad that he has signed on for a further two and a half years and uh, yeah the, No chance of him coming to Aberdeen then <laughs> Not this season <laughs> and hopefully not for the next few No listen we, we, we would love to we would love to, to keep uh, for 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 long money a day. Yeah. But listen, the, the the guy the guy's a sensational player, and you know any team that comes and plays us, you know they just go away. Well, you know I think uh, if you asked any uh, supporter in the Irish League, you know which player of Lawrence that would take, you know ninety nine point nine percent of them would, would say Fodzer. I'll I'll just uh, keep dreaming. Just <laughs> I'll he just keep that, dreaming. Just he does the simple things but does them really really well yeah you know that that's what he does he's there he, he breaks it up he breaks the play up he hounds people down he wins ball and he, he gives it to jeff and jeff plays you know and and that, that's just everybody plays to their strengths yeah. you know and you know fudger the workhorse and the, the animal of the team as such yeah absolutely and um, talk to me about inver park obviously the home of larn um and, and obviously the setup there because it really has improved throughout the years there's a, a lot of backing there I mean I've watched a few games um, involving Larn at home under the lights Friday night or on Sky Sports or on BBC Northern Ireland I mean the atmosphere there just seems sensational yeah, yeah, we've created a real uh, family atmosphere, a real buzz about the, the stadium, uh, as I said earlier. But, uh, no, the, the ground was, uh, it was, as I think I said, Sky Sports once, it, it was tired, uh, just like the town at that time, and, and the team, everything, it just needed a hug. Mm-hmm. It needed it needed to be loved. So we've come in and we, we've put down the new 4G surface. Uh, we've got the the new floodlight system, and mm-hmm. we have built a, a stand and a way stand at the pitch uh, green end of the ground. We've got planning passed for uh, the new stand here at the church at the opposite end, the church end of the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, work has started on new changing facilities and uh, for the playing staff and the uh, gym manager's office and behind that they're working at that at the minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we are sorry until until the down to the tools went down, sorry. And then uh, we've been planning uh, in the paper last week for to extend the social club facility. Brilliant. Uh, to include a kitchen and a restaurant because the, the, the 1889 club has been a phenomenal success for us and uh, we see the addition of food into it as being the next part of the journey there. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've, we've still plenty to do around the ground. Yes, it looks uh, an awful lot better. Uh, than it did but uh, you know each time anybody comes back if Sky or BBC come back to Inver Park they notice the differences and the changes that we have made uh, and that will continue to happen it will evolve over the next two three seasons you know, mm-hmm. until, until we've got a ground that uh, you know a ground that uh, uh, you know will be at the standard that the team were playing at you know yeah. with them a great foundation at the minute but we have to keep making it better for them Is there a specific game this season that has given you the buzz that the atmosphere is like what a fantastic day or evening it has been would it be the Linfield 3-1 game perhaps? Yeah in 
many of the games under lights are special. You know, you look at the Korean game last year, uh, the first one on BBC. Oh, the Irish Cup, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, the atmosphere is that there's always something about night, night football under lights and Ember Park's no different but when you see Ember Park let up you know with the, the plushness of the, the green of the 4G pitch and the red and the stands and the colour it just everything just adds to it and the atmosphere just that the, the kids the families you know are making you know we've got the, the local music yard involved and uh, he's creating music and the fans to sing our songs and we're mm-hmm. piping that through the, the tampway and the lead up to kick off and we're running it now and through the social club to get yeah. everybody teed up for the game so no we're doing an awful lot of you know every game we, we do on TV or we always try to make the next one better we try to add to it you know because you know we're only going to keep people coming through the ground you yeah. know by continue to improve the, the match day atmosphere yeah. and experience and yeah. that's what we're doing but yeah Linfield that would have been the one that was the one I was in tears in I haven't been in tears for any other mm-hmm. game and it was you know I couldn't watch I was looking <laughs> different bits and pieces you're always waiting on it to go the wrong way because we've been we've been ahead in a few big games and we've you know the last couple of minutes or an injury time you know we, we've, we've stopped up but that was the one you know Glentoran you know they the football we played against Linfield uh, was phenomenal, sensational, uh, some sensational passages mm-hmm. of play and, you know, David Healy spoke very openly and, and freely, candidly after the game and just said, well, we just blew them apart. Yeah. Uh, but the Saturday game against uh, Glen Torren, I thought uh, for 45 minutes the football we played in it was actually better than the Linfield wow. game. So, yeah, just for to do that back to back two games mm-hmm. uh, was special yeah but Linfield you know that's they would be classed you know would say as the biggest club in Northern Ireland yeah. some would say the biggest club in Ireland yeah you know and when you beat them you're starting to think yeah we're we're getting there you, you know we're, we're, we're starting to make our way here you mentioned the fan experience I mean how important is that for you because I think I've spoken to a lot of my friends and, and people that work in football clubs in Scotland and some clubs struggle to, to gain a positive fan experience how, how easy is it for you guys at Larn? I think it's just really we've had to buy it the time mm-hmm. you know but it's a small close town uh, we knew it was a football town and we knew that if we got it right you know that, that the fans would come out and back us like I remember 1987 being at Larn and New Year's Day New Year's Day in 1988 uh, beating Glen Torren 4 at Inver Park there was 4,500 people in Inver Park you know with health and safety now we, we wouldn't get away with that <laughs> we, knew, we knew that uh, you know if we got it right then the fans would come out and support us uh, a lot of it probably starts with you know what we've done at youth level mm-hmm. you know Lauren Youth uh, didn't, never played under the umbrella of Lauren Football Club and that was one of the first things we done was, was got them uh, to try and buy into our vision and to come on the journey with us uh, which they have done uh, Lauren Youth has went from having 200 kids to over 400 wow. uh, playing in the rank within uh, within two seasons uh, we've got Giddy teams we've got girls teams now we've got the the old boys the legend back then 
So we're sort of catering for every age group right throughout the club. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that there with it brings families you know when you get the youth involved and they're bringing their parents with them and then their grandparents that would have went and followed back in the day and that's what i say you're getting four generations in yes now. yes and absolutely. a lot of it a lot of it stemmed from the the good work we've been doing with learn youth yeah yeah no but I, that, that's fantastic it, it, it's something i think a lot of clubs should use certainly in scotland for for boosting those sort of uh, fans coming through the gates it certainly must be a, a positive thing to look at going forward i was just having a look at your social media sites you mentioned a little bit earlier on about the stuff that the social media is doing obviously no football at the moment but trying to find different things with coronavirus you do uh, work with uh, in is it called invercast uh, it's almost like a podcast style um project that's quite interesting isn't it yeah, that, that's just really started. We've only, we've only done two of them. We started with Ben Tilney a few weeks ago and then John Heron mm-hmm. uh, done one last week. So it's, we're continually adding to, to our offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially during these times, as I say, we're trying to bring something into the, into the living room, you know, to, to, yeah, keep, definitely. to, keep, to, to keep us involved, you know, with, with, with our, our supporters. Because bottom line, without our supporters, you know, we're nothing. And it's, it's, it's really keeping them, trying to keep them abreast of what the players are doing. It's that engagement, you know, the, the players are doing yeah. two nights, uh, a couple of nights a week. Yeah. Uh, David McDade's doing a football match. I saw that. Challenge you see that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, listen, we're trying to keep the offer fresh uh, and, and update. And as I say, the, the media team led by Cahoon and Chris Little and, and the boys, you know, the boys are volunteers, but uh, yeah. what they've given us right throughout uh, has been has been phenomenal. How, how? They, really enjoy, they really enjoy it, you know, and they're getting rewards out of it themselves personally, you know, because some of them are doing courses and they've come in for experience. Yes. And it's, it's, the, it's the way... My vision is, is the way Kelly's vision is. We we don't make group manage anyway. We throw the ball and let them express themselves, and then we sit down and we could critique it if we think it could be better. Which is but, fantastic. You know, this is this is young boys uh, giving them an opportunity. You know, and and they're going out and they're smashing it. Absolutely. I was going to say how important is a strong social media aspect to any football club. But you you mentioned that there are some re- a really good uh, variety of activities happening. So if anybody wants to to follow that, go on to uh, learn at Larn FC on Twitter on various social media channels I think uh, Gareth certainly on Twitter um, yeah, we're we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You know, you'll you'll find you'll find the boys popping up everywhere. But yeah, yeah. No, we, we we've got it structured. We don't. There's it's not overkill. It's it's planned for certain times of the day to have, you know, the the key uh, to have the key. You know, viewing times as such. Uh, yeah. There, there's a lot of thought goes thought goes into what the guys are doing, and you know, to be fair, the the. They keep smashing it for us. They're, they're a good bunch. Let's talk about the future for Larn. Um, is the aspiration to win the league and maybe win a trophy, maybe get into Europe? Yeah, obviously that's you know if you don't reach for the stars, you, you're never gonna get there. Absolutely. So you know if, if we if we were to say we just wanted to come in and make up the numbers, then uh, we wouldn't be unjust to ourselves, or we wouldn't be in, being just to our, our supporters. You know you have to aspire to be the best you can be, and, and that's the plans we have. You know uh, what we're trying to do is build a financially sustainable model, and now that's uh, uppermost in what Kenny's planning is. Kenny to give us. Uh, a, foot, a, foot, a foot up as such but 
we had to very much work ourselves, you know, as a board uh, to make the club uh, financially sustainable. And we've come a long way uh, along that journey over the last uh, 18 months. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're by no means. By no means there yet, but we are working very, very hard, and, and we, are, we are getting there. We're making great strides into that. Uh, this this was never a fly-by-night thing. This was always uh, it's a labour of love for, yes. for Kenny and I. But you know, as I say, Kenny came back out of this here is leaving a legacy for his family. Yeah, absolutely. My my, my legacy out of this here is is just a uh, leave Lawn football club and the. Uh, possible uh, place I can leave it uh, whenever that time comes yeah. uh, I certainly hope that uh, I will be chairman and I will be leading this uh, this uh, journey for long many a day to come but uh, yes well, we aspire to win silverware, we aspire to qualify for Europe, we aspire to win leagues you know we're not going to be and go in and say we're going to win it this year. This yeah. year was always going to be a bit consolidation. Uh, once we got the new war consolidated and then we knew we were in the top six, then, you know, the shackles are straight off. Right? We go and enjoy it and we yeah. try and finish as high up we can if we get the Europe out of it. Well and good. If not, then we've, we've done better uh, this year than we anticipated. There was and a- next year. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go on. Sorry. No, uh, and that—that's the, the real buzzwords for us. Are uh, it's, we don't look back; we just keep going forward. Uh, where we finish this year, our, our aspiration will be to, to finish higher next year. Definitely. Uh, uh, well, uh, for us uh, off the pitch, then it's for uh, what we have done, uh, whether it be through social media, whether it be through social club, whether it be through uh, stadium development. Uh, next season, we we will continue. That journey will make it better, and it's, we'll keep growing, and, and that, that's what it is. It seems like a, a fantastic football club, Lauren, with all the ingredients uh, really coming together to make a fantastic uh, di- uh, kind of dish or whatever it is uh, of your thoughts. It's just fantastic the way things are going out. Obviously, a lot of clubs in Northern Ireland are thinking about going full time. Obviously, Linfield are that. You know, there's hope talk of Coleraine and Crusaders going that. Can Lauren go in that direction? We, we are full time. We oh, are full time. Uh, we are first, we are the only full time oh. in Northern the such. Mm-hmm. Uh, hello. Yep. You still there? Glentoran, Glentoran have been doing a sort of hybrid uh, of creators, uh, but the aspiration of, of the top teams is to go, I know Korean would love to, uh, the aspiration of the top five, six teams is to go full time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Coronavirus, you know, may may put that back a, a, a little uh, for some. Yeah. Because we just don't know when we're going to come out of it and how we're going to come out of it. But uh, yeah, yeah. You, the, the decisions that were made in Scotland, uh, you know, with the, the 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 divisions underneath the Premiership season. Yeah, well, that, you know, we, we still, yeah, well, that's something I was going, that's something I was wanting to ask you because obviously the Scottish leagues have decided um, below the Premier League to finish their season in Crown Champions. Would that disappoint you if the season was to be stopped now? Yes, it would disappoint us, but we believe with so much to play for. You know, said the, the shackles were off. We had seven games left. You know, to, to push on and to see the challenge, to see how, how we finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
obviously we were just out of the Irish Cup and uh, most of the league was what we had to play for. Uh, you know, it was going to be tough. It's always going to be tough this year to get Europe because uh, Northern Ireland had lost the place. That's right. Uh, but with the, the good uh, work that Linton Palomina had done in Europe this year, uh, the place has been gained back for next season. So, yeah. uh, European challenge would have been a, a big driver for us next season, but uh, we haven't counted ourselves out this season. Yeah. You know, there were seven games that we were going to be given everything and uh, leaving nothing out there, which, uh, and then the, in the hope of uh, making it. Yeah. Uh, final question. Obviously, the Northern Irish League really has, you know, propelled in a really positive direction. Do you see that positivity continuing? Because certainly, from my point of view, you obviously look at Linfield going so well in Europe, just losing out against Carabag. Crusaders played Wolves earlier in the season as well. You know, is there possibility for a few other Irish clubs to really make progression in Europe? Yeah, definitely, definitely there is. Uh, you know. It's really uh, success breeds success. You know, the Korean winning the league a few seasons and Linfield winning the league, getting into Europe, that gives you the financial uh, clout to, to go out and sign the top players, which also which strengthens your hand when you go into European competition. Uh, obviously, it's the the question the conundrum the scenario of uh, the seasons uh, talking about changing the season to give the clubs a better chance in Europe yeah uh, obviously there's been talk this year the, the uh, Kieran Lucid has been floating the idea of an all island league yes uh, and something like that not the all island league you know to me that's just a bridge too far at the moment mm -hmm. but uh, you know an all island competition in some descript uh, really I think is what can help propel us uh, you know that we can challenge ourselves against the, the top teams from Northern Ireland the likes of your Dundas and your, your Sprogers you know would see that are in Europe and qualifying and then doing well you know really we need to be getting in and, and putting ourselves against them boys yeah. uh, you know really to see where we're at and that there can bring with it financial rewards as well you know commercially for, for the club yeah. uh, you know and that's something you know we are definitely keen to listen to uh, everything that they say you know we're signing up until up to nothing you know uh, and if it ever gets to a point where there is something serious on the table then we will bring it uh, to our supporters yeah. uh, you know because ultimately they, 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 we have to be driven by them but uh, you know if there was a, an, an all-island competition some descript uh, to me it has to be played on a Saturday to yes. me it does not work if it's commercially uh, it's not commercially viable to, to play on your wedding night you know that you're bringing Lauren maybe to Dublin or Cork or, or whatever it's just not going to work yeah. but on a Saturday people could make a weekend break out Definitely. of it they could make a day out of it uh, both for home and away legs and, and that's where it can work commercially but it can also work on the football side as well yeah absolutely my last question for you Gareth um, you've obviously had a tremendous journey so far with Lauren and, and your other ventures have you any advice for people who are volunteers maybe at other clubs or, or working high up in other clubs of how they can improve uh, based on your own experiences? Listen, it's just strive to be the best.
podcast you can be that, that that's all it is you know uh it's it's positivity you know and you know just trying to breed positivity around the ground negativity doesn't work in, in any scenario you know even at the minute uh, in the down you know during the downtime here i've got 45 reps reporting to me you know i'm sending them motivational uh, emails once a week just to try and keep them on board you know for when we get back you know people are looking to say yeah when when the coronavirus uh, bans lifted the hospitality sector and the football sectors could be two of the the last ones really to get back on because of the the crowds of people involved yeah. you know so we we could be in this for some time yet and mm-hmm. it's it's trying to keep people on board people are panicking about their jobs long term panicking about security and safety you know and as leaders uh, it's up to us to try and keep the positivity there uh you know for our people mm-hmm. and you know that's that's basically Kenny does that to us and that's what we try to pass down through the club and you know I try to do that there for my sales team as well it's, you know the, the skills are transferable uh, yeah. you know that, that's what it is yeah, it's all about pos- positivity you know and we are involved just keep volunteer keep into your strengths and as I say you know every volunteer have you know we don't play square pegs and round holes everybody's played to their strengths and bring the you know bring that popularity and they bring that energy because they're seeing themselves growing as people uh at back end of it and, and that's that's all i can say is just work with your people definitely lead, lead them keep inspiring uh and you'll get you'll get it back from them in spades, and 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 then and then, uh, then as I say, teamwork makes the teamwork. Absolutely. Well, I've thoroughly enjoyed our discussion, Gareth. And if I'm next when I'm next over in Northern Ireland, I, I I was going to be actually coming to Northern Ireland before the coronavirus came under, because I was going to go and see Glen Tour and Linfield on the Friday night with the guys from the Irish Waffle Podcast, who are, are fans of the show. And I was also going to go and see Carrick Crusaders on the Saturday. That unfortunately fell under. But once all this travel issues and coronavirus is put to bed I'm coming over to Northern Ireland and I would love to come to Larn and, and see a game um, so I will definitely keep in touch with yourself thanks very much for yeah. being a guest on the Campbell's Fools podcast I've really really enjoyed our discussion no problem Grant you're very very welcome at Ember Park anytime no worries thank you so I have a Well, listener, that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Campbell's Footballs. I hope this podcast was just what the doctor ordered. If you want to listen to previous shows or look out for future shows, follow Campbell's Footballs on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to other podcasts. You can also follow the show on Facebook at Campbell's Footballs. Search for me, StatoG91, on Instagram or other social media channels. But until then, until next time... I hope you enjoyed the crack and enjoy Campbell's footballs. What a dangerous night!